It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. It'd help if they could hear hear what's actually <laughs> going on in the background. Guys, welcome to the show. This is your host, Brian Preston. Um, we're coming to you. By the way, if you're wondering what's going on, Bo is over here lip syncing the intro. But the problem is, is that we... Bo and I can hear because we have monitor earphones on so we can hear what's coming through on, on when we have music and other things going on. But um, everybody else who's out here watching us record the show, they can't hear anything. So I was the only one that could tell how good Bo's lip sync was. But Doesn't make it any less awesome. Uh, I want to tell you guys, let me give you the website. It's money-guy.com. And as you can tell, I'm just at that, I'm kind of at that point. I've realized we do our best shows when I just let it roll. Um, and what we're going to be talking about today is I've been holding out on you guys. I don't mean to hold out. I guess that's probably not the right terminology. I don't. You weren't holding out. You were test driving. That's right. You were test driving. I was the, I was the prototype. I was the guinea pig to see if if an investment product or a new financial tool really was what all the press was saying it was. And and I got to tell you, I'm pretty impressed. And that's why I'm bringing it to you. There's a new concept out there in personal finance called peer-to-peer lending. And I'm going to go over what that means today and talk about one of the biggest players, tell you my own experience with dealing with them. And um, I think you, there's a lot of opportunity here for to learn a lot, but I also can't wait to share what I see for the future. We're not quite there yet. I think we need to do some more vetting and due diligence, but this could revolutionize the way we think about retirement planning as well as um, investment products. The other thing I want to talk about is that and they're getting a lot of press. I kind of feel like, wow, what the timing of this, I, I like choosing things that are unheard of or at least not as popular. So that way I'm really putting you guys on the front edge of things. But uh, the timing of this couldn't be lined up any better for them. But I don't know if you saw it, but President Obama had a, essentially a town hall with Zillow, the, the right. application and website for dealing with real estate and researching um, real estate as well as mortgages, renting. I mean, it's starting to be anything that's tied to real assets or hard assets. You can go do your research on Zillow.com. Well, they have really rocked my world on their, some of their financial calculators they put on their website. And I want to go over what that is. But before we jump into that, I feel like I have to kind of hook you with all the good things we're going to cover because then I want to go on a complete tangent and tell you something I came across that brought a smile. My wife showed this to me, and, and I could not help but just, I thought it was incredible. So I texted Bo last night, probably 11 o'clock at night, Bo. Uh, I, yeah, it was right around And I time. said, remind me this, but if you go and YouTube this, I will fire you. <laughs> I think that's really how I read no, that, it. Because, that's verbatim what you said. Because I wanted to show this to the office, and I didn't want to, I wanted to see their reaction the first time. And this is, if you will, if you will bear with me, the reason I think this touched me is that there is an Elvis Presley song that everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody because who knows how it touches people. Most people of my generation who went, who were in Georgia, one of the big landmarks here is called Stone Mountain Park. And Stone Mountain, if you don't know, we have a big granite, it's a mountain, it looks like a boulder to me, right, but it's right. a big mountain of granite coming out of the ground. And most people don't realize this, but we have, they, they created a sculpture in the side of this mountain that is actually bigger than Mount Rushmore. And the reason I don't think it gets much press is because, and this is, you know, take it what it is, but it's history. history. It's it's the Civil War people from the South. I mean, so take it for what it is. But Stone Mountains has this park with this big granite rock, and we do a laser show every year. 
And I guess the way that they've kind of brought things to the future with the whole mending of the Civil War and how that relates to the country is that at the end of the laser show, they break the sword showing the North and the South fighting to this one song. And this song, I've got it queued up at the at the place where it goes crazy. Okay. But it's Elvis Presley, and the song is American Trilogy. So so listen to the, just a few minutes, a few seconds of this, because, you know, I don't do more than a few seconds because I'm worried somebody will come and ask me to pay royalties or something. <laughs> but listen to this part. As a kid sitting out there in the, you know, usually with your church group, youth group, and then this starts playing, and then, wait a minute, here it comes, Elvis is about to come in. That rocks, by the way. I think, I, mean, I think I see one solitary tear rolling down your cheek right we now. We probably just lost a lot of listeners. <laughs> but um, that rocks my world. Every time I hear that song and the emotion, and probably is because there's a lot of memories. My father loved, loved Elvis Presley right, right. as well. But there is a, song, a, a thing on YouTube that's going around right now. If you go on YouTube, and it will waste five minutes of your life, but it is the cutest thing out there. Maybe it's because I have two daughters that I think it's so cool. It's called Ella sings elvis so if you go to youtube and type in ella sings elvis this might be and i'm assuming the child must be around one years of age because the seat is facing backwards and you know you know being a parent myself i know that typically means that the child is around you know one year or or younger but it will change your world okay let me get it back on target but I couldn't help but share that. When I see something that is just fun all the way around, and, and I, I tested it on you guys, y'all loved it this morning, oh, so no, I felt like we were on to something. It's, I think the total video is five minutes and 41 seconds. It's worth watching it all the way to the end. And then you kind of wish that this child was yours. Yeah, there's some truth in that. <laughs> so let's move on. Talking about, now let me set it, for, set it up for you again. Post-2008, there was a tremendous gap in personal finance. Because, you know, before 2008, where did you go if you wanted to go do some banking? You either went down to your to your national brick-and-mortar bank, but a lot of us were also going to your community banks. Your community banks were known for being um, very flexible. Now, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there because I know one of our listeners is one of our best and also one of our best clients um, runs one of the bigger credit unions here in the state. Credit unions are still rocking and rolling. So I, I want you to know credit unions should get a lot of love and how good they are for their members. So, but we're not talking about credit unions when I'm, when I'm discussing this. We're talking about banks and the loss of community banks, and then even how your big brick and mortars, your too big to fail banks, have really changed their focus. And I don't want to get into to how that's a whole podcast upon itself, but it's left a, a, a huge void. And a, and a lot of people are surprised that there is a void in personal loans, because you hear about the, the Federal Reserve is pushing out and buying $40 billion a month worth of bonds. And you're like, well, gosh, if there's so much liquidity that the Federal Reserve is dumping on to the to the markets, man, you'd think there's all kind of money to go out there and borrow money. Right. Not necessarily the case. So here comes innovation. This is the beauty of an open market system is that that, that void has created an entire new genre of, you know, of personal finance, and it's called peer-to-peer lending. Um, and what I like about this is that 
it really is innovation at its best because there was a, an opening and then a company has stepped in. And I got to tell you, I am so jealous of this company that I wish, you know, they've been, they've been bringing on new board members. They've been doing all kinds. How cool would it be to be a part of this company? Cause I'll go ahead and tell you, I think over the next 10 years, these guys are going to be huge. And I'm right. going to give you some analytics to, to tell you why I think that. But who I'm talking about is a company by the name of Lending Club. They're kind of the industry leader in this new market segment called peer-to-peer lending. And to, to kind of give you some thoughts on how big this thing is, we have a, a, an executive, who Fortune 500 executive, does incredible things. He's been on the cover of some magazines. You know this thing is starting to, to make the industry change when he emailed us and said, hey, guys, what do you all know about this company called Lending Club? And he, it just shows me that the movers and shakers are starting to take They're getting some solid exposure on this Well, and and it also, I mean, and and here they are. These guys seem to have the crystal ball where they figured it out. An article, you know, it was just announced the beginning of May of this year, May of 2013. This is the other thing. You know, here we are messing around with these things, and then we're always there, but somehow we don't have the equity bow. If we could somehow (laughs) take these concepts and have the equity before everybody else gets there, we're, we're making the right ideas. And I think I will, if I can give us a little bit of kudos and pat ourselves, we get to the parties. At the right time, meaning that we choose the right investment assets and other things. But sometimes we're just early to the party. It'd be nice if we could figure out. That's the way planners do it. On on this. But Google just invested $125 million into Lending Club. Now, here's something that blew my mind when I saw this article and it came out. That by them giving $125 billion, that valued the company at $1.55 billion. That's crazy. But here's what's even crazier. Just a year before, they did an, another private investment deal where they, they sold a portion of the company to raise capital. They valued the company when they did that private offering at $500 million. So from $500 million to one and a, was it one and a half or one? Yeah, one and a half billion dollars. So whoever those guys were that bought in at $500 million, within a year, they three times their money. That's nuts. And now they're in business with Google. Which is not a bad company to be in. That's not a bad with. place to be at all. So this this things are starting to take shape for Lending Club. So I tell you all this because I was curious about this whole peer-to-peer lending. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my big toe in. So how how does it work? How it works is is that here's the thing. You can start low. I started with seven hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. Just because you and I were talking about it. We went back and you're like, no, I mean this how does this work? You know, this, there's got to be a catch or something. But I really think they have discovered an untapped market is what they've done. They've realized, I mean, it is true. There is a, an opening with, because they the 80% of their loans, I'm looking for the actual stats. It's um, 80.66% of their loans are actually to consolidate debt and pay off credit cards. Well, and so let's talk about just sort of at the very basic level what, what this is. Lending Club is essentially a broker that puts borrowers together with lenders. Yeah. You so can, you sign up, you can either borrow money from this website or you can lend money to others for this website. And you kind of tell your story, hey, I'm starting a business, I am consolidating some credit card debt, I you know, want to do this project, whatever the case may be. Have a wedding, go on vacation. I mean, I can't believe what some of these people take these loans for. It's kind of crazy. And you as a lender, if you want to put money in there, can determine who you want to lend your money to, and then you can accept either whatever the given rate is with the risk and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, and if, you, if you're on the borrowing side, you can borrow up to $35,000. On the lending side, there's no really limit. The, other, the thing I think it is interesting is the added flexibility. You can do... 
your portion of the loans can be as small as 25 bucks, as big as $5,000. Oh, wow. And you can do, so when you put money in here, you don't have to just do one loan. You can do a whole bunch of different loans. No, I think I'm up to, you know, because I don't even know if I've shared all this with you, Bo. I kind of feel guilty to you as well, because, I, you know, you and I did this is just to try it out on the speculative side, but I've liked my results, and I'm going to tell you my results here in a minute on it. So much, and by the way, this is not a, I don't want you to think it's an infomercial because I'm going to tell you the, the concerns I have about this too. So don't think that's all hugs and kisses. Um, but they are onto something, I think, with this. But the thing I find very interesting and why I've been is the return has turned out to work out very well for me. So now I'm on an every other week investment process. Yeah, I set up I set up an automatic Oh wow every okay. other week investment okay. process with them where I have a little not a ton. They say the first step to recover is admitting you have a problem, well, right? But it's just because I like this. I think this is and this is you know, and I'm gonna get to what you need to be careful with because this is not what you want to bet the farm on yet. Like I said, you need to And this is not a substitute for it's not a substitute for bonds yet either, because I'm going to explain cash, there's some or concerns. Or for your cash emergency reserve yeah, holdings. That's one of my things. You're, you're stealing all my thunder here. you got to <laughs> hang in there. I, you know, I write an outline for this show for a reason. And then <laughs> I, if I should involve you so you know what my outline says at least, so you don't steal it all. But um, let's jump in. Let's, let's step into what I'm kind of doing or what I've had happen. And then I want you to think about it, because you're not doing it right. yet, Bo. So you can kind of fill in the voids that maybe I'm taking for granted that people know because I've been dealing with it for the last six months. You can ask the questions. Um, I've been, as I've been doing it right now, my monthly account statement says that I'm on track to earn on an annualized basis. Are you ready for this? Can I, can I guess? You I'm can. guessing with where interest rates are now, I'm thinking you're going to earn annualized maybe four, four and a half percent. Now, I tell you this because I don't want our listeners to go out and throw all their money. You can't go put all your money into this because it's just, we're not there yet. Is it better than four and a half percent? It's like threefold. I'm annualizing 15.64% with my, my basket of lending club. Oh, so basically every listener right now just ran out, signed up, and no, put all their money into this. You can't do that because I'm going to tell you, there's some, it will tell you when you invest in it. Like if it, and I'm going to give you some examples. It will show that a, a portfolio buying, and it rates the quality, you know, between A and G on how good their credit score is. And you can nerd out on this thing. You can run screens. I got the first time I started this with our first $700, I went and I did a screen and I only gave loans to people who had a FICO score over 700. And then I individually went through each one of the loans that I was putting 25 and 50 bucks into to read into. And it was kind of fun reading their story. I mean, you could see where they worked, how much they made, how much debt they had there. I mean, you felt like you were the banker figuring out if you were going to underwrite this loan. Right. Now with my new money that goes in every other week, I just buy whatever their machine, I mean, their automated process tells me to buy. And you just tell it what risk. Yeah, what I, risk I, I've been choosing because the interest rates have been easing up a little bit. I've been buying the most credit. I've been buying the A, B, and Cs because okay. they have really good credit scores. There's not much risk that risk for me, I feel like. And I'm not greedy. I, you know, it's the whole thing pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. Is that if I, you know, if I can think that I'm going to make seven to eight percent. That's pretty good Absolutely. because that's with the default rate built in. Because that's the other thing. That's the downside to this is that they do give you the estimation of how many defaults you will have in a portfolio. So that 15.64 that I'm currently earning, I've had zero defaults in my first six months, okay. which means that everybody's paying their notes on time. And that's why my rate of return is so good. But Surely it's not going to stay like that It's not going to stay that right? way. I mean, and I'm real, uh, very realistic about that. 
Um, I, I want to give you some stats on the company, and then we can kind of talk about it a little bit more on how it works. So far, um, I've already told you, you know, the 80.66 are to consolidate credit card loans. They've loaned $2.2 billion to date. Wow. But here's what's crazy. When I was looking at their internal analytics on their statistics they provided, last month they lent $173 million, almost $174 million. So I just for giggles, I multiplied that by 12. Right. That exceeds $2 billion. So you can see they've been in business since 2007. And that's exponential growth. Since like 2007, that. they loaned $2.2 billion. But if you take their last months of loans that they sent out, multiply it by 12, which is one year, they will do in one year what's taken them six years to build. Right. That's, I mean, as a business owner, I might be doing a backflip right now. Right. I mean, because that, that's pretty incredible. Um, they paid interest, and this is another thing. They don't publish this, but I was just like, as you know, common sense, they've paid interest of $193 million. So I was like, wait a minute, let's, let's backdoor. They didn't put this, they didn't publish this, but if we've got $193 million of interest paid to investors, they've given $2.2 billion worth of loans. What does that equate to? In just a simple calculation, it worked out to be about a 9%, um, payout. I oh, mean, wow. if you think about that from an interest rate right. uh, on it now, well, that's spread out since 2007, but their loans are 36, 36 months or 60 months. Okay. So there's only two types. There's of two types term. of loans. Okay. There's 36 and 60 months. So you're on that. Um, the one month average interest rate for all loan terms, meaning if you go from highest credit quality A rating to all the way down to the G is 14.79%. So these are not cheap loans. Your 36-month loans averaged at 12.98%, and your 60-month loans averaged at 17.89%. Okay. Like I said, these are not cheap loans. That's why when I so see you people... So you'd use it to lend. You would not use it to borrow. There is no way I'd borrow from them. Okay. I mean, I just wouldn't because, I mean, I I think I could get cheaper money. Right. Um, you know, I, I just... Well, I, we have cash reserves. That's the other thing. So you, you realize very quickly, that's the one thing that surprised me, is that you see people who have really good... FICO scores, and even you could go in, like I said, you could see their employment, where they work. I mean, it tells you the company they work for. And you see people have really good jobs, including attorneys, accountants, who are doing these credit card consolidation loans. And all I can think is, is that these are people who are living, making great incomes. But man, have they loaded their, their, they don't have anything on the balance sheet, meaning they don't have cash reserves. They, they're living month to month yeah. with a very high lifestyle. You know, and I know that's not my podcast listeners, because you guys are out there listening to, a financial podcast, specifically the Money Guy Show, where obviously we're going beyond common sense, and that it just blew my mind to see people making really good income and still having to use these debt consolidation loans. Um, but it, it's interesting. Now, you, if, the first thing I also want to know is how does this company make money? This lending club, if they're growing at these exponential rates, is this a profitable business to be into? You know, to go into. So this is what. This is how they're doing. If you're a borrower, if you borrow money from them, you'll pay a one-time processing fee that ranges from 1.11% to 5% of the total loan amount. And depending upon your, your, you know, if you're an A or if you're a G, you know, so right. I imagine that 1.1 is probably for somebody who has great credit. Right. And then the, probably the 5% is for somebody who has a, a big risk of default. That way, Lending Club gets their money on the front end is what I would look at that. The service fee for investors, this is if you want to give money that you can lend out on the peer-to-peer -peer network, 
is you're um, you're going to pay a one percent service fee for each payment received from the borrowers, which reduces the investor's net annualized return for thirty six months um, by approximately 07 percent, and then for a sixty month note, it reduces you by point four five percent according to their calculation. Um, so. It, you know that's not a ton of money, right? You know, from a fee standpoint. But well, I'm you, saying if you're making, what'd you say you're making, fifteen percent, or yeah, what? What, yeah. what are you on pace? Fifteen percent. And that's net. They and tell you're you paying you, out somewhere between forty basis points and seventy basis points. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty incredible. I mean it really is how the how they've got this thing structured. Um, and, and like I said, they're taking advantage of the open market. There is not the banks are not lending on the personal side the way they were. Your credit card companies aren't offering the loans they were because they've gotten scared, but yet you have a gazillion people sitting on cash. And th- that's why it begs for, for something like this. So here's what I like, but then I want to also transition and tell you what I'm concerned about. Um, I do like the minimal exposure. Like I said, you can get in this thing, um, different investments or different loans for as low as $25. So even if you go invest in something crazy, like you see somebody starting a brand new company and you kind of like their story and what they wrote on their comment, you know, you can say, I want to, I want to help them fill their pot of money. You know, it's kind of cool to go give 25 to 50 bucks to, a, to, to somebody and not feel like you're really risking that much. Believe me, I've lent money to friends and family. There's been a lot more risky than that, I think. Um, the, what the, we call those gifts. Those are gifts. <laughs> I mean, I think when you give money, um, but I also liked, you know, you can get, and I told you, you can be as nerdy and get as cute or smart with the, running those screens. That's, that's pretty cool. Right. It, it really is. Now, here's what the downside is. A lot of times the loans don't get, don't get fulfilled, uh, right. meaning that people will apply for loans, but they are somewhat strict on who they give these loans to. So it's not uncommon that you go and try to buy 10 new funds or 10 new loans and um, help invest in those. And then four of them might get kicked out. So only six of the, the 10 that you tried to invest in get fully funded. So do you get your money sent. back? Oh, yeah. They, it just comes, it goes right back into your cash. No fee or anything like no, that? No, there's no fees. It just goes back into cash and waits for you. It's just kind of annoying when you're trying to get your money out there working and some of it keeps coming back right. because the loan doesn't get completely filled up. Um, there are ways to around that. I mean, if you, you get used to the system, you can go look for loans that are like 90% funded and they're just looking for a few additional people to close it out. You can go jump in on those and probably feel pretty secure you're going to, to that loan's going to get fully funded and they'll get their money. Right. But if you're on the front end of somebody who just applied for a loan, there's a chance that it might not get funded and it might sit out there for, for a week or so and then that money's coming right back to your cash account. Um, but, but that's not that big of a deal. Right. Um, I like their, like I said, I, I was getting really cute and really nerdy with going into screens, but I do like that they've got, they've got these pre calculated, they have a model, I guess, a calculation that will go and figure out your risk profile and help you invest that money in two different categories. So, I mean, three different categories. So one of the questions that I had written down was how much time does it take? And it sounds like what you're saying is it's so customizable. You could spend hours on this thing, or you can pretty much set on autopilot where you don't have to put a ton of time into it at all. Yeah, and now that I'm doing it every other week, as I told you, what I'm, I've gotten where I've even been sitting in a parking lot waiting for, you know, got to a meeting 10 minutes early, and, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'll go check in my lending club account, and then I'll go invest $150, you know, like sitting in the parking lot. It'll take me two minutes because I just take their prefab portfolio. I'll choose... Do I want the super safe portfolio or I want the middle portfolio? I have yet to go for the crazy 
no telling what these guys' credit scores are. <laughs> Um, portfolios. I've always gone either the best or the middle, and you can see I'm pretty happy with with where I'm at. Right. Now, please know when I said I'm making 15%, I know I'm going to have some defaults, so there's no way I'm going to make 15% on this money. It's probably closer to 9 8% because there will be some that burn me. I've just had some beginner's luck, probably because I was nerding out and putting the FICO score over 700 when I was first doing those initial screens. Um, but still something, and I want to tell you, here's the downside. Here's here's how you should use Lending Club, because I think a lot of you are probably like, wow, Brian has really made this thing sound awesome. Let's go load it up. And by the way, I do want to tell you, we're going to put a link on the site that if you do want to go check it out, please go to, to money-guy.com and check it out. Because there there is, we do get, if you open an account with them through our website, it helps out the show. But now that I've kind of given the plug for if you do want to go check it out, go through our website Here's what you need to think about and, and how to use it. This is not, and you've already said it, it's not your emergency reserves. Anybody who thinks just because these are bonds, because you're lending, it's not for your emergency reserves. This is not what I'd call uber safe money. So don't look at it. None of it's guaranteed. None of it's No, insured, it's not right? guaranteed. You don't have any collateral. The only thing that can happen is lending club is going to go ding their credit score if they don't pay. So this is what I consider speculative, very speculative. So don't, this is not your emergency reserves, even though, because bonds, when we talk about bonds, we think safety, right? These are not safe. You know, so be very careful. You have to rearrange how you think about fixed income and bonds because institutional bond investing is completely different than peer-to-peer bond investing. And that's what you're doing. Um, you also, I would tell you, you have to treat this as a very illiquid investment since the minimum loan term is between 36 and 60 months. You know, they will tell you on their website, you know, because they're trying to make it sound good, that they have a secondary marketplace where if you really need the money, you can go put your loan out there and somebody will gobble it up on the secondary marketplace and take over your seat on those loans. I would not do that because I guarantee you, that secondary marketplace, those people are probably looking to make a profit off of your need for liquidity. Right. Have so, you bought any off the secondary? Because to me, it seems like a good place that, to buy that, you know, Truthfully, I have not done any research on that. That might be a great investment opportunity for somebody who's got liquidity and is just looking to go be the vulture who takes, you know, takes advantage of other people's need for liquidity. Right. But I have not looked at it. I would just use it as a learning opportunity to say, if you're going to do this, Know that money has disappeared and gone for 36 to 60 months. So these are not liquid investments. So you can't treat them that way. Um, this is a brand new category of investment. And this is the word of caution because I'll go and tell you, you know, we manage a lot of assets here um, for our podcast listeners as well as for our other clients. And we have not incorporated any of Lending Club into our institutional money management yet. And the reason is this is brand new. I told you this company was founded in 2007. It's a brand new category that just came into creation in the last decade. Not something I I want to go run out there and put all my clients into. I consider this kind of a, a you know, even though it looks, it's a hybrid, people think of it as a fixed income, but it's not. This is very, very speculative investing and as a result, you gotta, you gotta look at this as the top of the investment pyramid. And when I'm talking about the investment pyramid, I'm talking about you put your safe stuff at the bottom in the very stable base. And then after you get everything figured out in your, your investment life and you're just looking, put that cherry on top where you can take that risk, kind of like giving money to a relative that you consider it a gift. That's where speculative goes. This is after you've already set the foundation for your financial plan. 
you can go just play around with 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 a little bit of money. And, and that's kind of what, what I would look at this as. So I had a question right now. I said, so who does it make sense for? And it sounds to me like what you're saying is, this is for someone who has emergency reserves already in place. They're already saving 15 to 20% of their gross wages for retirement in traditional investing portfolio vehicles. And they just have a little bit of extra cash flow they want to play around with. Yeah, because this, this it's, and it's funny you say that because what I'd written on my outline here is, was that this is a complete speculative play that is part hobby and party geek chic. If you think about that, and what I mean by that is this thing is a hobby and the fact that you can go as deep and nerdy as you want reading people's almost, you almost feel a little dirty that you're reading about people's credit scores, um, what they make, what job they do, why they need the money. Right. I mean, from a, a weird standpoint, that's kind of cool that, you know, because talking about money in those terms is a taboo thing. Right. But here you are playing Mr. Underwriter where these people are writing their personal notes on why they want you to lend the money. And you're, you're getting to kind of play like your boss hog figuring out if you want to give them this money. That is what I'm telling you is kind of cool as a hobby. Their party, what I call geeky party chic, is that this is a cool thing that you can pull out around Christmas time or whenever you start having holiday parties and say, I got to tell you about something. You know, when people start, because that's where people talk about, you know, I invested in Amazon and I've made 203%. And you're, you're like, oh God, here you go. Here's Bob coming up with his right. stories on how much money he makes every year. He never tells me how much he lost on the six other investments he did, but he always tells me he has one geared up that, he, that he's made a lot of money on. This is one that you pull out and blow their mind because you're going to say, Hey, what do you think about that peer-to-peer lending? Huh? <laughs> what, what you talking about? And you're like, let me tell you, I'm making 15% off this stuff. Blow their mind. And then they're going to be like, this guy knows more than anybody. So it's kind of, that's when I say when it's geeky party chic, it's kind of fun, like right. a gadget. You know, this is a, a, a financial gadget to a degree to go play around with something like this. But you also run the potential of making money. You know, you and I joke about it all the time, Bo. I have so many friends that can tell you every baseball stat, like this whole A-Rod thing that's going, I know nothing about A-Rod. I'm right. sure he's a, a superb baseball player, and you actually were a great baseball player, so you might know something just because you've been in the game. I know nothing about any athletics because I always, all my friends who know every sports stat, um, I'm always like, they could go make money if they Imagine just put the, the, ratios if they took that. <laughs> that time and put it into something they could make money with. Man, think of how that hobby would yield for them. This is kind of my... My geeky, ha- you right, know, hobby right. that I'm making a little money off of, but it's fun as well. Um, now, what does the future hold? And this is the part where I get excited because I get to kind of glaze out the window and think about, you know, you gaze out the, the window. I think I said glaze out the window. I think you did. I didn't really know what that you meant. You gaze out the window and just start long- longingly thinking about what the future holds. This really could. Think about when you and I, well, I'm a little bit older than you, but when I consider retiring, when I'm, you know, living to be 95, you know, and that's the age I decide I want to retire. This market, and it's going to be a lot sooner than when I'm 95, could mature to the point where, you know, it's been around, we have enough historical data. What's to say that you don't treat this almost like a a mini pension? Right. Or a a mini annuity that you could set up where you go put $100,000 in something like this and get a yield of, you know, six, eight, nine, ten percent that starts paying you, you know, essentially a little monthly payment income. Well, what it is, it seems like it's making what's always been a, a common practice, especially in like small rural communities, it's kind of bringing it mainstream, making it very easy through technology. I think you said even, you know, when you started, um, you know, the first firm that you started, yeah. 
there was a guy around town who was willing to kind of do this with you personally, give you sort of a peer-to-peer loan, you know, not not via the internet or any of the electronic means, but essentially exactly what we're talking about. He had extra money. He wanted to. He saw. He saw your story. Wanted to see your business be successful. So he was willing to, you know, offer you. I think it was a building or some money or something. And he was going to get the income off of that. And that's kind of it's so funny you said it's my old scout leader. And by the way, he's still up to those games because um, it's funny. You know, I have a friend. Um, I don't. I'm trying to figure. I don't. I don't try to bring up too much so people can figure things. Let's just say I have a friend who owns a business here locally that it's doing well. But he was um because he owns a business that's in the new stages and it's growing, he could he, you know he found a really great deal in a foreclosure and wanted to get into it. He did the loan through my old scoutmaster. That's it's the awesome. same guy. When I started my company back in two thousand two, I got a call from um, this old scoutmaster and he said, Brian, you know, knowing you for many years and and you have to understand this guy. I don't think he's formally educated, but all of his kids have tremendous educations, and he was a builder. He also owned a hardware store. Um, anybody who lives from my neck of the woods is going to know who I'm talking about, but just brilliant. And everybody knows he has money. I right. mean, he's just, he's just one of those super brilliant in common sense, has money. And he, he says, Brian, I know you started this company. He goes, I think you're going to be successful. And, um, so I found you a building. If you want to come look at it with me and you can start your business out of this building and then I'll put you in this building and then you'll do pay the note to me and you'll own this building. And I, it's like, holy cow, that's kind of cool, you know, especially because I looked up to, to this gentleman for many years. And we looked at it. The building would have probably been okay. It's just but I wasn't – I'm so risk adverse. I didn't want right, to take that right. risk and buy a building in the first year that I was in business. But it is true. This is – you get to feel that that same probably excitement he does. Plus, he's you're, you're maximizing your money, right? your return in a very speculative way because that's what he does. He goes and he lends to people that banks won't touch. Right. I mean, he's going off the person. Now, I will tell you, his is shooting fish a little more in the barrel than ours is because he knows a lot of these people. He will only lend to you if he knows you, right. and he's going off the person. But this is cool because he's not just doing $25 loans. That's what I kind of like is he's kind of having to load it up. He's giving 100 here, 200 here, 200,000 here, on one person, right? Whereas it's nice that you're only doing twenty five bucks, a hundred bucks, decreases your bucks. exposure a lot. You're much more diversification, and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. You can even offer. Not only do you get diversification on how much you're putting in, you get diversification on how good the credit is. You can kind of spread it out over those things. So, kind of a cool concept. So, go check out the website. On you can go to our money guy.com. We'll have the link to help you get in. I'm going to get Gabe to put it on Facebook as well as I'm going to get um, Gabe to put it out there on Twitter. So if anybody's interested, we will be tweeting these inf- these things out with the link if you want to help the Money Guy show out to go go check out Lending Club. Um, the other thing I want to talk to you about was Zillow. I mean, yeah. this thing was awesome. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> about talking about this. You know, I've been telling people, y'all have even heard me on shows. We were on the uh, on a call with one of our podcast clients, and they're they're buying. A house, and I think a lot of people are back to buying houses again. And I've been telling people for years, you know, a great resource to go research when you're buying or selling or researching rates on mortgages, as well as just to go find a good closing cost calculator. Go to bankrate.com, and Bankrate's still awesome. I mean, I love their data. We've been featured in a few of their articles, so I mean, I have no reason to to not still love Bankrate. But I'm going to give praise when I see somebody who's rocking it. And right now, Zillow is is it's almost scary how good the technology is because the whole Big Brother concept really freaks you out when you see how good their technology is. Because if you go 
if you go to um, Zillow.com and then I think, it, Bo, it's like the third thing on the top. It's like the mortgage rates yeah, yeah, or something. It goes, if Zillow, you click on mortgage rates, mortgage rates, they'll have a calculator section, but they only have three calculators listed there. But they don't put the one. I don't understand why they don't just have a, a link to calculators. Somebody will probably show me a site map on it. And we can, we're going to link. We're going to give you the link for the closing cost um, calculator. But they have a way. I was just trying to tell for the people who, who you know, are just looking for it. You go to the mortgage rates and then... Um, the three they have, like, the, the three that kind of grabbed me was should you pay discount points, fixed or adjustable rate mortgage calculator, and then how much house can you afford? Those are, you know, the three tools that I was impressed with in addition to the closing cost calculator. And here's what's so crazy about this closing cost calculator. You type in the address of either your house if you're trying to sell or the house that you're looking to buy. And it will, it will also shock you is as you ty- start typing, after you type in the street name, when you get down to the city, if you start typing in the zip code, all of a sudden it starts filling in things for you. You're like, this is some smart technology. You hit the next screen, and then it starts going through the whole real estate. How much real estate commission are you going to pay? Um, have you worked out with your real estate agent? You click the next screen, and this is when I was like, no way. But they had... If you're going to buy title insurance, you know, all mortgage companies require you to do the title insurance to protect them. They actually have what title insurance is going to cost on that specific property and the providers in your area, not generalized data. This is not like data for just Georgia or Tennessee or Florida. This is actually the providers for the area where that house is that you're looking to get data on. And it was funny. The first one on there is the biggest um, attorney for a law firm in our community. I right. know these attorneys that are in the building right next to us and it had their fees and I've done closings with them. Those fees were what they right. charge, you know? So it was, I thought I was getting the Braun Preston discount. Nope. They're right there on <laughs> Zillow. The same prices that I'm being charged, they're being charged. So it goes through the title insurance on the property. It goes through attorney's fees. It even has the termite inspection letter where you can go see what all the vendors are charging to get a termite inspection. So you can even go shop what you're willing to pay at closing. I've never seen anything like it. And then it gives you a nice summary statement, kind of like what a HUD statement or a good faith estimate is. I, it blew my mind when I saw this. I was like, man, has technology rocking the world. And and this is one of those things where you're probably, I don't... So I, so if you're buying or selling a house, how can you use this? What, what, what are the steps to make this a useful tool? Either way. I mean, if you, even if you're not selling your house, you just want to go for giggles, See how much, you know, you, you could get for your house and, you know, and what it would cost, what your walkout would be after real estate commissions and all the closing costs. You can go use it for that. So if you're selling or even contemplating or just want to play around, go see what your net proceeds would be if you did indeed sell. Because what I, you know, the problem with real estate, I've always told people your house might be worth $300,000 and you only owe 200,000. You're like, I got a hundred grand. No. After you pay closing costs and everything else, you might only have 70 grand. I mean, there really could be that many closing costs that eat up a good portion of the $100,000 of equity that you think you have. But if you're buying, it also helps you because if you know what your down payment is and you know kind of the house you're looking for, it's going to show you what the true drive out costs are. Because it's one thing, I don't want you to go look at a house for $300,000 and then you find out with all the closing costs. Now, hopefully you can get the seller to pay some of those. But just in case, you need to be able to run scenarios this is a way for you to do it without bugging your real estate agent, or even if you're not using a real estate agent, this gives you the tools 
that most real estate agents and mortgage brokers are going to use. Another thing that I thought was cool, right over on the side of the page, over on the right side, it also has what the mortgage rates are in the area you're looking. Like if you're looking in Tennessee, it tells you the mortgage rates in Tennessee. If you're looking in Florida, it tells you the mortgage rates in Florida, both on the 30-year, the 15-year, and then I think on in some of the 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 you know the variable products that right. they have out there. You click on either one, any of the calculators, and it brings up a list of other calculators on the right side that you're going to be able to get to. And we'll put a link, like I said, on money-guy.com. Um, and then the other tools were should you pay discount points. We get that question all the time. You know, y'all know what a discount point is. Is it, and this is a good time to look at because interest rates are still there. They've gone up a chunk or a touch in the last month and a half. But there is a chance when you go to buy a house or refinance, they'll say, do you want to buy discount points? And what that means is we'll, they'll say, if you pay a 1% of your total loan balance, we'll cut your interest rate down like a half a percent. You're like, well, is that a good deal? And, and the answer is it depends. Here's a tool that will let you figure out if paying those discount points makes sense. Um, fix or adjustable rate mortgage calculator. That's kind of cool. Bo, you caught me. I was in there playing around with how much house can you afford. I'm not going to lie. I kind of started playing around with that one too because that's it's pretty cool. Here, but here's the only word of caution. I think they're using a, a, a they're using they're doing a great thing. I love how they're doing it, but they put a, a assumption of 36 percent for housing. It's a little in there. more aggressive than we would recommend. You'll be able to get a loan on that, but I just I don't like being house poor or house rich, right. however you want to say it. I don't want to just be able to have. I want to have money. I want to have liquidity and money outside of my house. So the number it said that I could afford. I would never buy a house that big. Right. I just wouldn't. I mean, because I, I would just be scared because I would also be thinking about, God, I bet that's expensive to heat and cool. Uh-huh. And I'd be thinking about, I bet if I, when I go get quotes on getting somebody to cut my grass, they're probably going to charge me twice as much as if they if I lived in that house that was right down the street for a little bit cheaper. I bet because I can't fix anything. I bet when I have to go you know, fix get that plumbing tuned up or something. to get my plumbing, those guys are going to ding me for an extra $200 because they're like, this guy's got money. And that's what I think about those things just because I think I'm so helpless on all that, that manly stuff that I, I try to think about how I can, you know, cut them off at the pass by buying a cheaper house. But um, I hope that was helpful. Like I said, we threw this thing off the cuff because um, I, I've done some research on it, but I wanted to let it roll to let you see kind of what we've been thinking about on the financial tools and technology and innovation changing the world. And I just, I want to share this stuff with you guys. And I just appreciate you letting us come into your house, car, the gym, wherever you're listening to us every two weeks, you've written some great comments out there on iTunes. You know, you've been following us on the Twitter, Twitter feed. If you haven't checked us out on Twitter, we're, you know, we are updating that thing a good bit. And I want to keep you in contact with us. Facebook, we're, uh, you know, keeping everybody out there. And then, of course, you can go out to the website, which is money-guy.com. Um, go to the website if you just need to get all those locations for the Facebook and Twitter, and we'll get you hooked up. If you want to sign up on the free side, we'll get you on the blast email list so that we can um, keep you in contact every time we do a show. If you sign up for the premium side, you get our quarterly commentary, plus you get access to all, I mean, all of our archives, which I think is priceless. So we'll talk to you in about two weeks. I'm your host, Brian Preston. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston, and Brian Preston is a partner with Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. 
The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.